On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Lucifer can reach God mode, if Owen Wilson is seriously gone from our lives, if soap opera ships are the ultimate ships, and if Van Helsing can stick the landing, if Modoc can stick the landing, and if Batwoman can stick the landing. All that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. up nerds welcome to the superhero show show the only show on the internet where we review every single live action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property my name is cassie and i will be the host of this episode as host uh, it's my job to lead us through all these tv shows which today includes a bunch of finales it's a big big old finale day um i definitely can't handle all these finales by myself though so i brought some friends with me first friend is ryan hey cassie i was just thinking is your favorite uh, series finale of all time, the finale McBeal. Yeah, the I don't last know. Episode of that. That's why, like, we're such good friends. You absolutely knew that, and um, I just I feel so connected to was, you right now. It was a stupid question, of course. Of course, everyone's favorite final show is finale McBeal. Yeah, <laughs> you can ask. The that baby across. came back. The biscuit was there. It was great. All the whole shebang. Uh, that other voice you hear is a Mike. What up? What up? What up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm really trying to pinpoint the energy I should bring today, and it's it's just it's going to be constantly a moving target, and none of it to Ryan's delight. It's my favorite. If I switch my voice a little bit, Mike will pick up on it and go even harder, and it's my favorite thing to do. He's such a good supportive like I'm a hype man. <laughs> it takes just a little bit of a change. Have you wait? Have you ever? The reason why Cassie is the consummate host is, have you ever heard her change her voice before? No, I think she I think she has that. I think she thinks she's doing it in her head, but it comes out in <laughs> right. straight up exact Cassie. I always do the wackiest voices on here. I don't know what you're talking about. I have brought like <laughs> at least seven personalities to each of these. Oh, uh, should this we pull back the curtain wacky. and reveal that when Cassie interviews me and Mike's moms and me and Mike's sons, it's actually Cassie doing all three parts. <laughs> and the Caitlin clones, it's all Cassie. <laughs> all my friends are just me. It's all around, all around me. When uh, we pull back the when we show the timekeepers of the superhero show show. That is Cassie doing all three of those incredibly <laughs> well done, <laughs> very easy to understand voices. <laughs> That's cool that they found someone motorboating uh, and recorded that and made that the voice of the time. <laughs> the Disney approved of that. They're like, I like everybody loves a good motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everybody could see your face when that happened. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever seen that Hooch was... from the film Turner and Hooch yeah. trying to dry off, that is what I look like. Do you know they're remaking Turner and Hooch and the original what? Turner is dead? What? No. In, in canon, in the universe, Tom Hanks' uh. character is dead. I bet the original Hooch is dead, too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, that is so sad. We simply cannot be talking about dead dogs because we got a lot to talk about today. I'm going to shut this off. This is now ending. We do have a lot of finales coming up for the main event. We'll be talking about the Lucifer one. Um, see? That was a whole other personality. <laughs> so maybe try 
harder a little better other finales and maybe you'd be talked about <laughs> lucifer you made it for the big wigs welcome to it i also i uh, sat down with an interview for my fifth personality i got to interview the people of the shipping room pod which was a lot of fun we talked about ships and like how uh which characters you want together and if soap operas are like the best way to ship those it's been a lot of fun did you ask them if uh somebody is being shipped and then you take a part how they're being shipped, and you replace each individual part of that ship with mm-hmm. a different new part. Uh-huh. Is the is the ship still the same ship? I didn't. I didn't. I, I let um you know, vision cover that. I should have brought it up. I'll have to bring them back on to see if they believe that. Absolutely not. We are deleting this interview. <laughs> Did you ask uh, at what age is it that you get very interested in? shipping things in tiny little bottles Mm -hmm. and what you have those two kinds of tweezers and then you do all your shipping in there yeah and the if then spoiler alert it's if you make it to 85 if you get to 85 that's when you get into bottles your eyes can't do that anymore (laughs) you got that shaky old person it's all about the hope you think you're doing a good job and then you show it to your family it's just absolute garbage like (laughs) just twigs in a bottle is there a frog in there grandpa (laughs) throw some leaves in there is that a dave matthews song that you just sang <laughs> Just twigs in a bottle, Grandpa. <laughs> I think we found I the. I fucking in- hate Dave Matthews. <laughs> no, that's the energy we need to bring. I need Dave Matthews for this whole episode from you. Okay, if you don't bring Dave Matthews, I'm ending this. All right. So I guess I'm Mike, you're leaving right it. now. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike, yeah. Hey, hey, how's everybody out there? <laughs> Dave Matthews in between songs is a fucking loony bird. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to hear more from that loony bird uh, when we get to our shows. But coming up next, let's go to our main event. On the season, and no longer series, finale of Lucifer, there are angels in the end zone as Lucifer, Michael, and all their family members head to the Los Angeles Coliseum to finally decide once and for all who's going to do this god thing. The battle includes demon blade bullets, bus crash ex-cons, fight... Fight, flight, fights, <laughs> side switches, <laughs> and MC Hammer. But was it able to hide its COVID issues and be the epic brawl we've been waiting for all season? Taste buds. No! <laughs> when they were all like in rows, it was crazy how six feet in every direction had nobody else near It them. was almost so, like no. <laughs> exactly six feet in every direction. Like the way it was spaced, that was like, what is happening? It's and it, it's wild for the show to be like, okay, we've met some of the angel siblings. We'll throw in even more. They'll all be assholes. I guess we haven't delved into demons enough. I don't know. Cold open of a bus dying, yeah. so Mace can go get those guys. Did I just made me want to watch Con Air again? Yes, I was like, <laughs> you're reminding me of a much more entertaining thing. Oh, okay. So I feel like. It's pop filter vernacular. If you say something is worse than Con Air, then that means that it wasn't that good. That's our bar, I love right? Con Air. You've, okay, so maybe you shouldn't have a job at pop filter then. <laughs> I mean, you've said that to me for years. But it was that cold open. I had to check that I clicked the right show. I was like, "What is happening with this?" And then the way they tied it in was the most bonkers no. thing. No explanation. Just <laughs> you thought and you might have is... clicked on Below Deck. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> Wow, this show got darker. (laughs) (laughs) Really below deck here. But it didn't help that it was. Like, they did get the Coliseum, which did seem cool, but then they filled it with about, like, 15 people for this brawl we've been waiting for, and I was like, this seems sad. Let me me try and, like, let me barf some words and see if you guys, as actual TV critics, as opposed to me, can figure out what I'm trying to say. But if you you watch this episode with the... Uh, time on, you know, like it shows the time meter at the bottom of the screen. Mm -hmm. That's what made it feel so wonky. Is it just like nothing happened when it felt like it was supposed to and Mm -hmm. it was really 
disorienting. Like, there was a little bit of Return of the Kinging, you know, but Return of the King is not eight endings. It's actually one ending and seven epilogues. You know, that's why right. the Return of the King example was kind of bunk, but th- it just felt like it was so just didn't really have a like firm grasp on when things are supposed to happen as far as stories go. And I think that's because it's like, uh, I would say it's a little bit of Deathly Hallows Part 2 syndrome in that we're not, this is the first time in the season we're not making an episode. We're just, right. we're just doing it all now. And I think that they should have maybe just made a 90-minute episode and had things go at a rate that felt better. Yeah. That felt a normal pacing. Because especially, I liked a lot of the buildup. Mm. A lot of the pre-Coliseum. I loved uh, Linda, Amenadiel, and Maze taking apart Dan's apartment. Mm-hmm. Hit hard. We used to really bag on Maze and how she couldn't act. And I think we've watched her learn how to act. You make that face, Ryan? I cannot believe you would say something like that. <laughs> that we used to bag on her? Yeah. I, thought, I think yeah. she's always been one of my favorites. No, season one, if you go back and listen to Superhero Show Show, season one. You cannot uh, hold anything we say about any season one of any show against us. Right. But I, her breakdown on uh, Over Dan dying because the sync t-shirt, because she had yeah. uh, <laughs> knocked him out and dumped him naked in clothes. And like, all of that, like... All of the, the the rage, the like the impotence, like she she put all of it. it like again, this silly crime fighting devil show can hit those moments hard, mm-hmm. and and the lead up, and then goofy shit like Ella thinking Lucifer hit an emo is also yeah. silly and yeah. fun. <laughs> I hit the hit the moments hard because of Maze, and she probably has a real name, and she's a wonderful actress. But also having Amendiel, I, I can never say that name, um, come in and talk about just do the most like full housey end mm-hmm. message and have that work too that's i think more impressive or he's like right well h- him and linda are like well you know to have a soul means and if you did if you didn't hurt now then that means you never loved him and then like that all should we should be rolling our eyes and it does like right. this is all one big family now and it works and that feels fucking lame to say but it's true yeah and then I did. Did it go immediately from that to the coliseum i'm trying to remember the transfer i think it might mm-hmm. be the transfers that are Making it so choppy. A little whiplashy? Yeah. No, because, because I think they, they're like, especially if they, I don't know when they found out they're getting a season six, but it did feel like they're like, we have to wrap up everything. Because then Maze and Eve had to wrap up. I did like there was oh, a yeah. subtle, like, Eve was supposed to be on a date with Steve. And so the show was saying it's Adam and Eve. It's Adam and Steve, not Eve and Steve. That's clear. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I like that message for the show. Yeah. But did that one, I think it was. <laughs> uh-huh. Post that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but i did i do see what you mean with like that was i that moment did stick out like it didn't flow with it but they did need they did want her to have a happy ending so i could see that being one i am glad that they got back together but it does make it feel like what was the purpose of their little like we had a two episode fight between them and it was like a whole yeah. spiral for her that wrapped up in like two episodes but it did give us the line of like Maze is like, I don't give a fuck if you die anymore. Yeah. And Eve's like, that's the <laughs> nicest thing anyone's ever said. Yeah. Also, if you're a little worried about this being your season or series finale, and you're worried about wrapping up a character, uh, throw them a shotgun. Uh, then yeah. Eve just takes one and starts blowing away angels. And yeah. if, if that was the last thing we saw of her, I'm totally fine with that. I feel like they never explained Eve what's going on, and she doesn't care. She's <laughs> yeah. just like, Maze and other friends are fighting these assholes? I'm in. There's yeah. also, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's a problem, but it is a thing where... How powerful angels are, how powerful demons are compared to angels, and how human, how powerful humans are compared to demons mm-hmm. is something that is really has never been established. If right. that's something you, it, I guess I don't care, you know. But no. I, 
I think I do wish that the the angel, especially if you're if you're ending this way, season or series, we we got like five second clips with most of these angels to mm-hmm. get their very broadly brushed personality. None of it emotionally worked for me. I didn't give a shit about any of their reactions to anything. They want simpering Michael to be their god. They that means they are worse than him. They also suck. Then shit, they should all die. I guess yeah. The point is that. I don't know that like they're sort of traditionalists in that no matter we know for a fact that Lucifer is Lucifer, Lucifer therefore whatever is the alternative is better mm-hmm. um, which I think there's some commentary there right uh, it's but better to, while they're saying all humans should die like they just there's no part of them feels like the moral high ground there's also a certain point where Michael goes from like uh, I'm gonna try and like convince people to that I should be God to like uh, killing his sister and then when his other brothers and sisters look at him. He's like, I'm a Michael. What are you going to do? And they're all like, well, we're already like, we might as well throw bad money after bad. <laughs> like, yeah. we're, what? This should have been two episodes and maybe half a season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it, if, if it now all those silly cases where the show obviously didn't care about it. Why waste the time even at all? Like, let us get to know all these family intricacies throughout the season. Yeah. Cause it didn't, we had, um, when they find the one who was helping him and being his informant, like when she like came to him and was like stabbed, like I feel like it should have been a real dramatic moment. It was because we knew something was going down, but it was just like, oh, she did. Well, what's crazy too is that the last probably three episodes, I did get caught up. Uh, there's a lot of moments that you can see, like they're hanging a lantern on the fact that Amendia loves her. What's her name? Ramadan. The other, the other eel. Yeah, they're uh, all eels. Uh, that's his. Like they're they love each other. Yeah. And they, they're keeping, they're establishing that very clearly. They're reminding you of that so that it's bigger when she dies. Mm. But then right. there's nothing after she dies yeah. to no. like follow through on that. Also, did you guys remember Charlene Yee was in the show? I totally forgot. And then when she showed up, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, remembering from a few years ago, I was like, okay. I looked it up and IMDB says she totally was on the show in the past. I can barely remember. Ray Ray? It was like an episode or two. Yeah. Hmm. But it was, so when we get to the fight, like, the lead-up to it, like, them walking to the Coliseum and everything seemed good, but then, like, it all went downhill when they started to, like, they had to stall, and they did the fake, like, MC Hammer thing. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> no, what? fuck you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You love How, that? Um, Amenadiel is, it's the most serious anybody has ever danced. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's very grim, and then, like... The good actors acting badly because their characters can't act worked so well where they're like, it must be God. He's back. We <laughs> like And the trust and the faith in your partners. Like, yeah, you just have to. It's improv rules. Like you have to go with what he's doing. And so they all start dancing. It takes them a long time to figure it out. Right. Oh, yeah. And isn't that an ode to Dan? Improv. <laughs> <laughs> But why was the one angel guy who originally hated Lucifer, how did he know about this? How was he able to jump on board? Does I think, he just love MC Hammer? I think, no. I he think just th- lives by the rule of improv. No, they were all, <laughs> I think it was well known throughout the whole family that right. uh, God has been making people sing. Oh, okay. And I'm not saying that right. that whole musical episode was just so we had this MC Hammer moment. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but. It, made it, it was right. better. That that one moment was better than that whole musical episode. We had different feelings on that. But we do have when we got to the fight of Michael V. Lucifer, when we have the same actor fighting each other, this is where it also felt a little weak for me. Because obviously that's hard to do, but it was just like you could tell like they weren't making contact. Uh-huh. And it made the fight mm-hmm. seem so lame for like this one we were really leading up to. 
This is, I mean, this is a big problem with, do you guys remember the show Heroes? Yeah. It was before our time, and also we wouldn't have covered it because it's not based on the comic book, even though it's called Heroes and it's about superheroes. But <laughs> the big thing ab- nothing. about that show is that it just would not or could not spend the budget on the climax that all right. hero stories need to have, you know, that big third act thing. And so it was just sort of like how comic books work, this never-ending second act. Um, mm. And it just people just gave up. They were like, fuck it. On the flip side, you have these much less budget than movies, TV shows, and then they do try to include the third act. And you, I think we just have to like brace ourselves and know, you know, like even the COVID shit aside, we just have to know that we are not going to be seeing uh, Captain America grab <laughs> right. Thor's hammer and kill Thanos. But, yeah. but, but you can do like, oh, there's a spell in the Colosseum, so none of us can use our powers or wings. Now we have to. Instead of just all of everybody going like, he's just looking up to the sky like he's exactly yeah, where I, we want him. I'm like, what? they float there sort of, and then Eva's just like, I got a shotgun, boom, boom. Who's an angel now, bitch? Like, I was excited that they did like they put Chloe in the fight, and I was like, terrible idea. But then they did give her a gun with demon blade bullets, and I was like, maybe yeah. she'll survive. But no, I wish she could have used those more. Also, everybody, including Michael, seems so shocked that he killed Chloe. Mm-hmm. Everybody kept saying she's a human; she shouldn't be in this fight, guys. We all knew it was going to come here. Like <laughs> She should not have been there. And then, one of, I think one of Michael's best moments, one of his most like telling character moments, because he is the bad guy, and sometimes that can get a little thin, a little two-dimensional, but he was, he was shocked that he killed Chloe. He was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck, now Michael gone done it. And uh, <laughs> then uh, as soon as Lucifer runs over, and is like, he's not even going for revenge. He's not like in a rage. He's right. just sad for Chloe. And Michael just starts the excuse train. Like, she shouldn't have been here. And Yeah. You know, well, like, why I told would you, you bring her yeah, here? Oh, your maybe you go down to hell and be with her. This was the plan, too. <laughs> like, yeah, every angle you can make the argument why it's okay that that just happened. Which, yeah. again, you would think that everyone on that football field would see that this guy is a lying piece of shit. And they yeah. would all side with Lucifer. But I would say roughly 50% of humans, just as far as my country's concerned will not see all of that piece of shittiness and side yeah. with them. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's infuriating in real life. It's infuriating in the show also. Cause everybody was like, well, I guess it has to be one of the twin angels. Dude, there's like 18 of you. <laughs> Any of you could say, maybe it could be me. Like, yeah. did you guys think that they would keep Chloe? Like, did you think Trixie was going to be an orphan for a hot second? Did you think the show would actually do this? No. I had a brief. I don't think so. <laughs> do you know what it is? It's, uh, and we're going to talk about this later in the pull list, but it's amount of time dead. Like, I think that all characters on all TV shows have about four, the writers have about four minutes. Mm-hmm. And if it passes four minutes, then they're like, they're actually dead. Mm. Um, and, you know, so we definitely pass that with Dan, you know? And yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that Dan can't come back, but I'm not, like, I'm now feeling that weight. I'm, when Chloe died, I'm waiting four minutes. You know, I yeah. like, and like, you guys have four minutes to bring your back, and then I won't be mad at how you're cheating. You know, and <laughs> fucking, tri- you can't do that to Trixie. It was, you can't. no. <laughs> Some of us in this room have had daughters in the recent past, and that th- it was already so just, man, <laughs> what a fucking shit show this was in my house this week. <laughs> But yeah, we do, and that's when we finally, so we got to go to heaven, we went to heaven, because uh, he went back to get Chloe. Because we're goats. No, we're Wait. sheep. Goats go to hell. Oh, uh, yeah. yes. Continue. That's what Cake says. 
But yeah, so we get to see her in heaven and she's with her dad. Um, and this is where we also finally got a Lucifer, I love you. And I feel like the the dramatics of the moment took away from this. Like it took him like literally burning up to be like, I love you. And I was like, fuck off. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you could blame the god of television that says this is the moment where it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There was enough stuff like... I, I went to heaven, which is like, as far as Lucifer knows, that's a sacrifice, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. He's, he's about to kill himself. And I think, like, if a person like Lucifer does something like that, then you know. You love this yeah. person. Yeah. For sure. Because uh, even though, even when we've loved him, he's been selfish. Like, he's like, well, I'm not going to, I'll go so far. Yeah. But he ultimately still looks out for himself. Uh, are you guys excited for he does come back he be, gets is going to be god and i think we do know there's going to be another season yes. or it's yeah. so yeah are you guys excited for god lucifer yes i, know. I hope they change the name of the show to god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh he doesn't stop helping solve crimes even though he could just be like this person did it like, uh-huh. i'm fascinated what they could do next wait hold on is is god lucifer's dad the first god cuz lucifer we now know that there's been multiple gods because, right, is Lucifer, Lucifer's at least the second. Is he more than that? And also, did God have a name before he became Lucifer? Or was he born God? His name is God. And now Lucifer is going to change his name to the guy whose job yeah. just had it. Is God a title? I don't know. Charlotte was God's wife. She was a God. She, like, helped, she helped build everything in the beginning, and then he really took over. Do you remember, who was the, what was the name of the guy who Lucifer thought was his dad? Was it God Johnson? God Johnson. Oh, yeah. Remember that guy? <laughs> So this is God Lucy? God Lucy. God Lucy. Um, all right, you guys, f- we're almost out of time, but quick question. Did they stick the landing? No. They <laughs> uh, were fighting up in the air, and then they came down kind of rough. It was a rough landing indeed. All right, that's all the time we have to talk about Lucifer. I do have time to talk about a website, though. I'll allow that. Because, Ryan, I know you got a big plan for a website, and I want to hear it. I need to hear it. Okay, so we're dealing with uh, one of the fucking dumbest things that I've ever heard. Uh, in the history of television and then therefore probably real life on two different shows. And that is on Lucifer and that is on Riverdale. And that is with Ella and that is with Betty. And that is with the psychopath DNA that Ella is straight <laughs> up considering. And anytime somebody comes in and like anytime anybody says anything to Ella like, oh, the lights are off. Do you like it dark? And she turns around and she's like... <laughs> Yes, I do, because I am. <laughs> I am the darkest. All right, Ella. Shh, calm the fuck down. So what I would like to do is I would like to create a website called areyoudark.com, and it's going to you're going to answer questions and see if you're a psychopath. Okay, and this is just like a fun quiz, or could like the government use this? Oh, it's a very fun quiz, and the government <laughs> is reading every single ounce of it. Oh, it's a both. Okay. So it's d- a both. It's a both. It's a both. <laughs> it's been a me. It's always been a me. Uh, but so like, will people... <laughs> So when Mario, it's revealed that Mario is actually a psychopath, kills his final victim. me. It's always been to me. <laughs> well, you know, it sounds like a great website. I had more questions, but it's me. So I, I have a friend that can help you with this if you think you need help with this. Uh, I actually, you know what, Cassie, I'm going to turn the script of this bit and say I do need help. Okay. I'm not going to spend the five minutes declaring that I know what I'm doing with it. All right. Wow. That's a bold move of you. And thank you for that. You know what? Let's go to cybersprout.net because they're going to be able to handle it. They got premium hosting specifically built for WordPress. They handle security, maintenance, backups, and speed optimization. They'll work hand in hand with you. They know this is important. 
<laughs> it's easy to manage. And you know what? They got custom templates with drag and drop tools. If you did want to take it on your own, you're not taking it on your own, though, because you made it like a big man that you can't do it. So thank you for that. Cybersprout.net, your partner for the digital world. Um, that's the website. Coming up next, the pull list. We are back for our pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Sweet Tooth. On episode six of Sweet Tooth, Big Man and Bear and Gus run into trouble on the train, but an old teammate, Fat Man, saves them, allowing them to escape and make it to Gus's mom's house. On the other side of our story, all the hybrids at the preserve are on the run in the sewers, and the doctor has been captured by the general after claiming to know the cure to the sick. In episode seven, we learn of Gus's past and how Gus was created in Birdie's lab and given to Pubba. Taste buds, I ask you, if Gus was created from injecting a chicken egg, how come he a deer? Oh, did you not go to the science-based public school, Cassie? No, I didn't. Were did, you a Christian I, private school kind of kid? Yeah, how come How come it was an egg? How come? A no. better question, Cassie, might be, where does Gus go to the bathroom? At his coagula. In the Dear John. Uh, In the Dear John. I somehow hated both of you guys' answers equally. I don't know how that's possible. But uh, Isn't it nice, though? It's It's something. <laughs> Uh, but do you guys, uh, so I want to start with this talking off with, um, the teammate that we got introduced to, Fat Man. Were you bummed this guy couldn't join the crew? No, I think he was sweet. I, we got as much as I needed from him. More, I would start to think the show's exploiting his traumatic brain injuries. Uh, (laughs) If he was like a regular character who always just like, ah, my head is staticky. I'm going to go do something crazy now. Like, (laughs) hmm. Plus, I don't know. I feel like that, uh, as as well as I was trying, I was trying to track his course, but I I felt like the story was too on the rails. I actually uh, didn't watch the episode, so I'm just gonna be doing this. <laughs> for the rest of the second. How dare you do this? Uh, no, but yeah, Son I agree with like um, he had a quick arc, you know, and it was it was a little mini arc that I do think is very important. Yeah. Of I'm gonna do Jeopard real quick, right? Uh, we're going to we don't know that much about Jeopard, but what we can do is show you Jeopard. In 30 seconds, or, you know, one episode, uh, and that is the story of Fat Man, of just, yeah. um, I was bad, now I'm mediocre, now I'm good, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I, it's, it's hard for shows to pass up uh, something as stylistic as his ending of, I'm going to beat the shit out of all these people, and then it's going to go dark, and then yeah. that will be it for me. Yeah. And you just hear, punch and kick sounds. Uh, were, were you guys surprised? Like, um, so we did get Big Man's transformation. He's like a complete family man now. He's adopted these kids. He even went back yeah. to the train for dog. And was this surprising? Or I know we've been leading up to it, but this was like a full, like he just yeah. accepted in this episode. Yeah, I mean, it'd be again, it'd almost be annoying if it wouldn't till the last episode of the season. I do think I think it's hard to start to half guide kids mm-hmm. and and not care about them. Eventually you're going to be like, "Well, I I care about them now. I decided I'm helping them." And then I th- I think just for any kind of person that's going to suck you in real quick. I mean, this is what he's been training for the whole time and so it was important for him to finally choo choose guys. This, you are you are gonna do it this whole time, aren't you? One for sure. <laughs> oh, good. I love getting graded on it. <laughs> well, if you keep doing it, you're gonna the get graded. on the rails. Was it was the best? The, I like that one. The second Gus said, "I lost my dog," uh-huh. it was like, mm-hmm. okay, like this is gonna happen. And I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying this is how things work. And uh, I love. We have to do moments of the week for this, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, I love <laughs> Shepard's face when he sees that fucking dog. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's like a whole, what are your priorities in your entire life in one second moment for him? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he, he straight up like looks at the camera. He's like, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of things that have to happen, over in the preserve, these uh, the kid is in charge of taking the kid or all the hybrids through the sewers because the mom is going to go back and handle the poachers. This yeah. means the mom is dying, right? Like this kid is in charge of all these hybrids. I don't like. She, we haven't seen that much of Amy, who's the mom, but she does seem like a badass. So I could mm-hmm. see her having like a bunch of dangerous Home Alone meets Saw style <laughs> booby traps set up. She wants the kids out of there so she could take out all these dudes. I, mean, I gotta say that I've been trying to track Amy, and her they didn't want her story to be on the rails. Yeah. I do think, like, they could give her a moment of being, like, you know, a super badass and killing, like, ten of them, but then still ultimately getting got, and that's my fear, is I really, I'm going to be so sad if this child is in charge of Bobby. One, the fact that Bobby is there. <laughs> what if they all liked Bobby the leader, same as the end of Lucifer, and he, they like, has a big fire sword? Bobby ready. <laughs> <laughs> And then over on the other side, we got in there um, with the doctor. There is, for some reason, we have this poacher who's in charge of watching them, uh, mullet guy. Yeah. And yeah. This, this screams <laughs> of like, I have an idiot nephew, right? Yeah. And so I'm going <laughs> to yeah. put him in charge. Who, who like did the, there's two kinds of idiot nephew. There's the kind who's more terrifying than you've ever expected. And there's this kind who like, yeah, I'm sure it's going to piss the general off, but he just wants to eat his Pop-Tarts and let a, a noble horse go. Pop-Tarts? <laughs> like... He knows he's a, supposed to be a bad guy, but he's like, but, or, will you guys be my new friends? Mm-hmm. If I have to be honest, I've been trying to keep track of the mullet nephew story, but I think it feels a little bit on the rails. Don't you, don't you do it. Don't. <laughs> cannot. Okay. Well, let's go on to the other episode because that's about it for that one, I guess. Um, do we... we oh, got- wait, but we do have to... Sorry, with the nephew, we do have to talk about like... You know, I am taking you hostage, putting you, putting your head, putting a bag on your head. But I did let that horse go. I did. And it's so, it is really hard to tell if this nephew, is he good? Is he bad? Good? Is he good? Bad? You know, because he He, is pretty stoked to tell them that I let that horse go. mm -hmm. Yeah, he's so happy. But that, it makes me think he might be Todd, Breaking Bad style. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, you're going to end up even scarier. Right. Because there's a little bit of childishness to you, you know, which is uh, kids are good, but they're also fucking nuts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's going to ask him for something too much next episode and be like, but I let your horse go. But <laughs> Why can't we have a three-way? <laughs> I need more Pop-Tarts. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we did get to see uh, Pubba, how Pubba and Birdie met. Um, were you, s- did you guys feel that we were just getting through that one episode to now talk about this episode? A little bit. I'm very excited for this. This this seemed yeah, like I, the, I, I, the, the, the first episode that we watched, episode six... Uh, it was a little like you know we're slowly pushing the story forward, but this one, I think, when, just shoveling that coal, just shoveling that coal. That's a train reference, Cassie. Did you hear that? Fuck off. <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, this episode is always always could be a recipe for danger, right? Like just mm-hmm. completely slow the story down and give us stuff that we already know. But uh, we have Will Forte and Amy Steinmetz. Like, mm-hmm. ah, take two hours, guys. <laughs> I will seriously watch together. you for two hours. Yeah, they had their own like late '90s, early 2000s sci-fi rom-com. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I've watched this kind of movie where it's like, "I'm a little bumbly, you're a hot side." Just now, we're on the run. Like, <laughs> you have watched this exact movie before, Mike. Do you know what Amy Simons is the star of? What Upstream Color, which oh. I would basically say is this exact episode, right? Yeah, more or less. 
a little more clear. This episode, I thought, was hard to understand what they were saying. Upstream Color is one of the clearest narratives I've ever watched. But so. the fact that we know that how it ends, which is not romantic, right? I think helped it so much of mm-hmm. just like let's uh, seeing how these pieces actually fit together, and mm-hmm. you know, like I think there was sense of this whole pubba's trying to create what it means to be a pubba in the moment even when we saw him in episode one right you know he's still working on it because this was not his choice and he's great at it but there's still a lot of like i'm not sure how to do this there there does and this does feel very genre based uh where like they they drank all night this is a show with like hybrid human animal babies and possibly psychic powers but it's these two drinking all night and not getting drunk and hooking up is the most fantastical yeah, thing i've uh, seen absolutely like the fact <laughs> that they can still have form coherent sentences after that night is yeah. They, yeah uh but genre definitely is like isn't it more pure because they only kissed once they didn't fuck why not let them fuck and he still raises this sci-fi baby <laughs> like i don't know like i'm that I'm, this isn't this show this is all all genre shit in general likes to do this with relationships why not have them fuck and while he's touching like a deer head mounted on the wall lightning strikes while they're having sex <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what i would like that version better. <laughs> we just want Puppet to fuck that's it <laughs> start the campaign can i get a Puppet to fuck <laughs> All right, you guys, that's all the time we have to talk about this. So let's go to moments of the week. Mike, what do you got? Uh, it is in this episode when they meet Birdie's coworker, and it's Jeb, I have a grandpapa. Gus's excitement yeah. there and like, <laughs> and it's so cute and heartwarming and Jeb is already starting to figure out what's happening and like, and his like, oh no, like all of it worked. Mm-hmm. That kid, the way he delivered the excitement of grandpapa was like the sweetest thing ever. <laughs> he was so excited to know that. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Do we have a... Did we get an explanation for where that word came from? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. That's the, the one mystery of the show. Pubba. Uh, oh. That's where they met a. In a Inside pubba? a pubba. <laughs> they met it in a pubba. <laughs> uh, that's my moment of the week when I just said that. <laughs> uh, is that really? Is yeah. that all? Okay. <laughs> my moment of the week is. No, I'm, I'll go back to what I said before, which is uh, <laughs> Jeopard, the look on Jeopard's face when he realizes... And, to a le- to a much lesser extent, because it was a little hammy but necessary, Bear's face when mm-hmm. she's like, "Why the fuck did you do that?" Mm-hmm. And you know, Bear is sort of torn between the childish, the age of Gus, but the ruthlessness of who Jeopard probably used to be, and right. and uh, Bear more uh, almost more than anybody needs this just diehard evidence, and she finally got it, and that really is going to change everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my moment of the week is uh, with uh, Birdie's coworker who lives at the house when they came in and she served him blueberry wine because that is truly unhinged. That's the most unhinged <laughs> thing you can do in the apocalypse. Um, Sweet Tooth is on Netflix. You can watch it whenever. Our next show is Van Helsing. On the series finale of Van Helsing, the team finally faces the Dark One in a treacherous battle that will affect the fate of humanity. Taste Buds, what do we think Van Helsing's legacy will be as our podcast somehow finds a way to trudge on? <laughs> cricket noises yeah. uh, just uh w- somewhere in the future we'll be like did that show exist it'll be yeah. always in the back of our mind of like was this a thing and then we have to think real hard was it this will win the quickest award because so many times because we've been around forever there's been so many shows we go oh yeah that show i think it'll be the quickest time from covering it to that in, in two weeks mm-hmm. somebody will say van helsing will be like oh that was a show wasn't it <laughs> i mean we're, like we're quicker to say vagrant queen was a show than this show um <laughs> yes I, I, th- it does have one special honor. Cassie, do you know what that is? 
I do not. I think it's the only show in Shush history to have this honor. That we didn't watch. We watched one that season. That we didn't know it existed for years. <laughs> yeah, we just didn't know it was based on a comic book until the very end, and then we threw it on. I think everything else we've ever done, we like knew ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. Good it's, for it. It's a special show. <laughs> Cheers to Van Helsing. Uh, R.I.P. to it as well, because it is done. Our next show is Legends of Tomorrow. When Ava asks Nate to give Sarah a normal mission to welcome her back, he takes him to the wildest of wests, which ends up being Polite Town. A rage-eating giant worm causes legends to unleash their secrets and nail will toward each other, while Diggle, or his double, acts as legendary Sheriff Bass Reeves. Taste Buds, I ask you this. As one of the founding members of the Arrowverse, David Ramsey directed this episode as well as having a guest appearance. What does he bring behind the camera? Uh, better question, Mike. If growing up in Orange County, what uh, commercial would have the word Bass, the name Bass Reeves in it? Uh, what commercial would have the name Bass? I don't know. It's Bass Reeves Honda Superstore. Superstore. <laughs> That's a little right, local I guess reference. No. <laughs> So Diggle as in, or David Ramsey as an actor, you know, like he, he comes in at like towards the end and so- helps solve the day, whatever. Um, I don't know if this is kind of like a cop out on your question, Mike, because it's so hard to talk about what one TV director does from another right. on a show. But I will say this. He definitely understands Legends and how it's different than Arrow and absolutely did not make this an episode of Arrow. He was No, there was no grimdark. There was no uh, sweet hallway fights. And there was all of the meta. Like Arrow had to figure out what they thought were organic ways to do the things that TV shows need to do. And then it was like a little slow yeah. and stupid. Legends doesn't have that. It's, a, it's almost Monty Python-esque in that, if I may use that <laughs> term. And Diggle did not... Or David Ramsey did not hold the show back at all. No, we got a singing cowboy narrator, which felt like something from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, I do know one thing. David Ramsey has seen the motherfucking Ballad of Buster Scruggs for <laughs> sure. And Mike, why were they so mean to him? Like, they took then, him home in the time machine, and then at the end, they were like, get this motherfucker the fuck out of here. Sick it of really felt face. like Nate and Bayrod wanted him there to narrate everything they did, and everybody else was like, no! Does it feel like at this point, too, that this is the most liked era of the timeline on Legends. Like at at, at this point, yes. like every season, we should put we should go to the West, right? Oh yes, because there's so many different kinds of stories in the West. I liked this one, the polite West, and that's what freaked them all out. They were so ready. They wanted like a Deadwoodian. Everybody's trying to shoot you in the back because you kind of nudged them, and they were all bummed. And that's that. they're just like, hey, strangers. That's what's so crazy is that they walked in knowing, like, it's a bummer that you're going to get a fight. Fights suck. If you're not an evil piece of shit, fights suck. But you prepare yourself for them because you're walking mm-hmm. into the Wild West. And then when they find out that the exact opposite is going to happen, there's a, a chalkboard of rules, like no spitting and no cursing, <laughs> that you could see the disappointment on their face. Like, we got jacked for a fight, bro. I, I do think that th- this is a standout Nate episode. The whole episode is. But it starts early on when Ava's like, just make it like a lighter mission. And Nate was like, so a classic Legends romp. Got it. And she's like, no. But I do think he was like, no, no, no. I want us to be brawling every 40 of these 42 minutes because what Sarah actually needs is real normal, not like a soft, easy to solve case. But that's that's the Python-esque thing I'm talking about is that they, according to like, you know, if the show was real, they go where Gideon needs them to go, right? Like that's supposed right. to be how it works. But yeah. these characters have control 
of saying, not this week, very serious mission that Gideon just gave us. We're choosing something light and rompy. <laughs> and it was light and rompy. And they fought a gold pooping worm. Okay. So let's talk about that. Uh, the Dune Worm, the worm from Dune, the star of Dune, I believe. Yes. Uh, is Or Tremors, I guess, is a better one. Uh, literally shits gold. Tremors is better than Dune. Tremors is better than Dune. I agree with that. Um, how'd this worm work for you? <laughs> sometimes it's... It was... <laughs> sometimes it's hard to ask questions. It was stubby. I liked the reason, like, and it was, like, pleasant villain that the politeness is bad because it means there's no freedom and it's because this polite tyrant is in control of the worm that hates ill manners i guess it hates anger but uh in the worm's control it's all super goofy i loved it and then the shitting gold thing was just icing on the cake yeah <laughs> i think you gotta have a spooner and astra run off they're the two new ones they seem different but they're actually very similar orphaned <laughs> nobody likes them nobody knows them. the fact that they're the two newest ones was that a bummer like we have to spend time with them no, I think the show needs us to very quickly get on board with them. And so if one of them was with Nate and one of them was with Zari, we'd be like, oh, man, the Nate part ruled. <laughs> like, But like just having them together, I, I think it let it breathe a little more for them. That makes sense. Um, there was, it sounds like there was a lot of material for a moment of the week, but uh, let's go to those. Uh, Mike, let's start with you. Nate has this great rant. Because he's, and he, it, 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 you can't tell how unhinged he is or if this is all his plan or if anybody actually thinks he's chill, but he's like, I'll handle it like I always do because I'm just so chill. And I'm like, does the show treat Nate like that? I don't know if that's true. Uh, but one of his lines is like, and I asked for a chair in the Hall of Justice. Big surprise. No response. Just like how he, Citizen Steel is realizing what a D-list superhero he is, and he's furious that he's not in the A-list. And just all of that was awesome. But at least, at least high enough on the hierarchy to get a response, right? Yeah, they they just ghosted him. Uh, I'm going to push back on your moment of the week, Mike. I don't know if we're allowed to do that. but uh, no, That's not my moment? All right, tell me what my moment is. Nate's rant was not a song, and it did have this, I felt like it, it did have this like musical flair to it, that it should have been a musical number. Uh, What about you, Ryan? Do you have a moment of the week so Mike can punch that one up as well? Yeah, I'll, I'll push it back for sure. Oh, let's see you try. At the very end of the episode, Bayrod says, hey man, I know that you miss... Zari 1.0, hear the totem so you can go talk to her, and then the just the show fucking ends. And so I think in the future we're about to see Zari 1.0. Cassie, I'm not sure if this podcast has been clear on our feelings towards Zari 1.0. Uh-huh. It's been a little they vague, you know? Borderline on uh, unwelcome to share. <laughs> uh, I'll punch up, not that moment, Ryan, that moment is great, but your telling of it is, because uh, he's like, go talk to her and do whatever else you guys feel like doing and <laughs> just tell me when you're done again we've talked forever about how bayrod is definitely sex positive but for some reason never more sex positive than when he's talking about his sisters <laughs> <laughs> what a great show uh, everybody should be watching it sundays on the cw our next show is the flash this week on The Flash, when an army of Godspeeds attack Central City, Bear and Iris must put their family plans on hold and focus on the latest threat to their home. Chill Blaine is released from prison and claims to be reformed, but Frost has her doubts. Taste Buds ask you this, with a bunch of evil speedsters and another evil cold person, do you think Iris is ever mad she doesn't have to fight against, like, an evil reporter or an evil wife? <laughs> Probably. You know, at some point, you said there was, like, five, there's too many speedsters for sure. Like, at least one speedster out of there. 
Well, th- there's been like a speedster a season, and this is an army of one of them. There's now a bunch of Godspeeds all fighting. Too much. Simply too, too much. Simply too much. And I believe that it's not enough. <laughs> all right, The Flash is on Tuesdays on The CW. Our next show is MODOK. On the first season finale of MODOK, it's all come down to this. The Luz Bar Mitzvah. MODOK has gathered all his creatures, creations, and friends to make up for the lack of kids, which creates a real chill time. It's a chill time until young MODOK from the past comes to kill his whole family because that is the only thing that will motivate future MODOK to become emperor. MODOK struggles with agreeing to this, but ultimately decides that he will find a way to get it all and eventually go back and save his family. Taste buds, I ask you, was MODOK's decision to allow his family to be murdered surprising, or should it have been? It wasn't. I don't know if it should have been, but I was like, yeah, this all lines up. Yeah, it just felt like, so this whole time we've been seeing him become a family man, it made it feel like, I don't know what this season was for at this point. Like, I don't know if we ended up where we started, like, what was this for? Are we going to get another season or is this it? I don't know. I think that things are now based, maybe there's other, I don't know, uh, algorithms and shit that I don't understand. But based on what I think they base things on, which is buzz, I think, yeah. I think that it was for sure talked about a lot. Uh, we're obviously in week like four or five of watching this, which everybody else is yeah. not. Um, but my guess would be yes. I there, I liked enough of this throughout the series that I want more. I want Marvel to be weird, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want it to feel different. I want Patton Oswalt and co. to keep doing stuff. We want a heart of the And Quinn. I hope they just... Yeah. Learn. Yeah, I want them to learn a little more. That's what, because uh, I love, I, that's what it needs. It, I, I do want a Harley Quinn. That's what I expected out of this. I just never know what to do with this show. I never know. It always comes back to the point for me. Like, I don't know what we're doing with this show. Some jokes, mm-hmm. like, it's just like, there's some jokes that hit, and then ultimately the story isn't doing much. So and I don't. I think we called it last week when we said what we thought this show was going to be, because we saw, you know, episode eight was the wrap up of one plot line. Episode nine was yeah. the wrap up of another. And then so. Cassie, you straight up asked us, so what will 10 be? And this was it, which is just sort of like meandering epilogue that like the stakes felt really low. Although I will say that there was there was a party being thrown, a bar mitzvah, and yeah. it was about to go wrong. Like there were no guests invited. And that still will just send me into palpitations. Like <laughs> it, it makes me freak the fuck out. And even in this like middling episode, I think there were killer moments. Like Pat Oswalt's uh, face? Like- <laughs> like Patton Oswalt's real face and they were like Ugh. like Lou being like I don't need to dance with a girl I want to dance with you and the mom getting very upset and calling them little shits because he actually means he wants to dance with his dad mm. uh, the casting the whole Melissa and and this is what the show needs to do more of Melissa and Modoc go on a, a sitcom romp they are at a mall trying to cast teens for Lou's party Modoc gets too into the casting process and Misses on the fact that the divorce also is hurting Melissa a lot. So it's very funny and out there. And there's character stuff. Just fucking do that. How hard is that? Just do that blend all the time, assholes. <laughs> yeah, it's... Or none of it. Like, you could do no character stuff, but, man... Right. I wish I'd ne- never said Harley Quinn, because now... I was like, man, on Modoc, and now I'm, like, down on it. Cause yeah, I want to go watch Harley Quinn. I cannot <laughs> believe how much funnier Harley Quinn is and how much, like, how much more it affects our hearts and guts. Right. Yeah, it's doing something with its story. Like it has a plan. This one, I, I can't. I don't know what it's up to. It's a mystery to me. I but, don't know. Maybe not. Maybe don't go to the robot chicken guys if you want a good show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to know though. Would you guys like to have been at Lou's bar mitzvah and witnessed that performance? Because everybody seemed bum. I feel like it would be the best thing I've seen in a while. 
the dueling Lou, like mm-hmm. Vegas lounge singer yes. reading of the Torah. Hell yeah. I was bummed there was like only a couple people in that portion of it for their sake. Is that how it works? Is it a little bit like weddings where only half the people invited show up to the ceremony and then everyone shows up to the reception? I thought it was all in all, mm-hmm. but apparently if you're th- with this weird, they're like, we'll, we'll keep it family only at first. <laughs> you got to, if it's going to be that full big of a performance. Um, but Mike, you br- mentioned that Lou did just want to dance with his dad. And mm-hmm. is that like a hint as to like how messed up he is or me? Because I found that so weird. Like, is it my daddy issues or his daddy issues? Yours. Cause I think it, <laughs> the show is trying to just have a sweet moment there. Welcome to Mike Gravadio's <laughs> Who's Daddy Issues, is it? Tonight it's Cassie versus Modoc or Lou, I guess. Versus Lou. Thank you. And I won this round. I'll take you. I'll take my trophy. Thank you very much. Because you're you won because your daddy issues are worse. Yeah, so it's, yeah, that's how the show is <laughs> played. Got to be a victory. Come on. Uh, do you guys think if Melissa wasn't murdered at the end, would she eventually turn into a murderer? Like she's she's mentioned that she yeah. is like a sociopath, but there is nothing like Modoc won't ever recognize her, so she's down the path of murderer. Like it's for sure in her future. Yeah, if the show does continue, I want it to be kind of her turning into an actual villain. Mm-hmm. Like, he's such a hack non-villain. I want her to... She has it in her, and I believe in her, that she could be a true Marvel villain. Yeah, yeah. but I still... We talk about this a lot, but I still don't know if it's because she is a born villain or if because she's a teenage Teen. girl. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think I might have a lot of issues, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't touch that show. Um, what are your teenage girl issues? It gets too gross. <laughs> Uh, speaking of issues, though, when you guys saw Modoc and all of his toilet desks, did you have a fear for your future? Was watching that just like a horrible glimpse? I was stoked for my future, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, other people die this way, too? Good. Good, 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 good. Good, good, good. Good. Um, well, I guess overall, how did this season treat you guys? I know we talked about how we were, I think you guys were okay with it until we mentioned Harley Quinn. But <laughs> like, <laughs> so if we take Harley Quinn out of this, like after watching this, what were your guys' feelings on this? It just, you, I like, it's so spastic, which is, it could be a choice, right? Like, you could choose to be like that. And mm-hmm. it's so, it dedicates so much time to these arcs that, I don't know, like, it's just, it's missing this thing. Or maybe it's missing, like, 10% of 10 things. And yeah. that sort of makes it feel like it, it, it is unsure of which thing it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was never upset I watched an episode. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. But it, it definitely, it, the potential it has almost made it more annoying. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, but why don't you live up to it? And I finally understand my daddy issues. <laughs> it was rough because, like, they reached their potential with the heist episode. Like, the heist, they can do yeah. it. Yeah. And it was so hard to see them hit it in the middle and then just drop it. Like, they mm. know how to do it. And then they were like, we're going to do it once. One and done. And I was like, what, the, what is happening? So it always felt me, I was a little, like, bittersweet after watching every episode. And I always like to talk about how, like, how our watching style works and how we did, you know, one or two a week, as opposed to probably literally everyone who watched this show. Um, It got pretty good reviews, but I think that most critics, you know, uh, binged four episodes. Mm -hmm. And in any four episodes, there's a lot to like. And if that's what you focus on, you definitely can focus on that. But uh, when you have less to focus on or when you have, you know, less to watch, like, the 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 issues are more glaring, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go to moments of the week, though. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, my moment of the week is uh, Lou and Modoc and Lou's dance, and it's mostly the tone <laughs> and the seriousness of it. Mm. And I was trying to think of what it reminded me of, as far as wacky comedy 
with an ending this serious. And I know what it is. And now I wonder if I want to watch them side by side and see if they just did the same thing. Is this the dance from Romy and Michelle where Romy and Michelle dance with Alan Cumming in the same way that Modoc and the Luz did? And if not, why? <laughs> why? Uh, Mike, what about you? Mine was already hinted at. I, I really liked the anomaly showing Modoc all the ways he dies, but then just toilet death after toilet death after toilet <laughs> death. It was just mwah, chef's kiss. One including the child's party tray of lasagna, of course. It's always uh-huh. has to. I mean, Cassie, if you were in Vegas right now and it said one of Michael Ryan will die on the toilet, mm-hmm. that's it. All my money. You take that bet, right? All my money is down on that. That is the safest bet. <laughs> um, my moment of the week was uh, Modoc going to solve the bar mitzvah issues of nobody being there by going to call escort because that's the obvious. That's the obvious <laughs> option. I was like, yeah, they knew it. Uh, He's going to make his boy become a man in more ways than one. That day. <laughs> it's going to happen. Modoc is now over. It'll probably be renewed. Probably go back to Hulu, though. Our next show is Batwoman. The season finale of Batwoman, Black Mask kills the power in the city and puts masks at every corner, demanding the citizens purge. Some do, while others take the masks and make window Batwoman symbols out of them. Ryan wrestles with her place in the team, and Alice wrestles with her place in the world. Taste cast, I ask you this. Did Black Mask ever feel like a proper threat, or did he get overshadowed by all the character work going on throughout the season? I think he got a little overshadowed, and I didn't fully realize it, because I think he always had people with him that made him seem more intimidating, you know, and his reputation. Mm. But this episode, like, once, like, he was taken out so easily by Alice. Like, Alice just glued his mask to him, essentially, and he, his whole plan was gone. Yeah, she joker poisoned, he, he uh, somehow stole all, like, Bat, Batman's trophies. Yeah. And he, like, really looks up to Batman, which lets you know maybe Batman's a little off his rocker. Black Mask is <laughs> like, I like that guy. He's got a good style. Uh, and she, she jokered him in the face and then put the mask back on so that his acid bubbling face glued his like his face was the glue (laughs) just crazy wild and wild what oh just wild wild uh well if this was like the back half of the season was purge night Mm -hmm. then he would have felt like a threat yeah because it was so big and and he's created new bane out of Tavaroff. yeah like there there are hints there of how crazy he could be but he just net the show always said he was scarier than he actually was yeah which both of those like i love both of those ideas were i was excited when i saw it i was like oh dang this is a cool like take and then i wasn't like it all got resolved really quickly i was fine with the balance right. like it should feel it should feel like i was cheap like it was like a downplay on him and I should feel mm-hmm. bad about it. But I, I'm just like, I feel like they did a good job at like a quick wrap up on it. It was a quick wrap up. And I, I guess you can't really fault it because what the show did really well was those character moments. Like in this episode, we have Alice finally understanding why Ryan hates her. Cause she lost someone she loves mm-hmm. and Ryan's and she's like, well, I said, I'm sorry. And Ryan's like, you don't deserve my forgiveness. I don't care that you lost somebody you love. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and, and like, I think with, Sophia as like this big ominous threat and Alice is the very human trying to figure out what humans are threat. Uh, it was hard to ever care about black masks because they were doing what they were trying to do with him. They were doing better in other ways everywhere else. Yeah. And for some reason, even though you have this insane dude wearing a mask who wants to kill everybody, you still had the dirty cops. And for some reason, like that yes. just always felt bigger. Like that was always yes. a bigger issue. And like it was. Well, it's real. It's real. So. <laughs> <laughs> and they were very good at pointing out that it is an issue. So that was always what like brought me to it. Yeah. And, and 
Black Mask at most is like, oh, you're not being a villain good enough. I'll show you how to do it. Where Alice is the kind of villain who tells Ryan she can't be a hero because her mom died in childbirth. Oh my so she God. came into the world of murder. That, was... that is villainous as fuck. <laughs> I had to like, I had to sit with that a moment. I had to pause it. I was like, did she just say that? It was a lot. Does that, like, does that mean she's declaring that she has the Betty Ella disease? Yeah, she has, she's a darkness in her. Except at the end, she's like, oh, by the way. And I do, like, Ryan punches her right away. There's no, like, what'd you say? Ryan just decks her. And at the end, Alice is like, and your mom's probably still alive. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Um, but look, I want to go to some of those character moments because there was that's what was really great about this episode. We do get um, one of the big moments was Ryan getting re- released from her parole. And this, yeah. I was so excited with how they handled this one. This was another Snaps. one that I was, like, surprised that they handled this well. They, yeah, it, it, I... I so many things in this season, I think, sharpened of the first one. But having, they really nailed who Ryan is. And she's not going to be fake and be like, thank you, parole board. I'm so good now. Mm-hmm. They're like, have you changed? And she went, no, because you were wrong to ever throw me in jail. I've been great. I will continue to be great. Fuck you, white people. I'm out. <laughs> and they went, yeah, who, everybody voting for a release are cool. <laughs> like, and the, her lawyer's just like, yeah, girl. Like, nobody's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like her parole officer was just like hell yeah like giving her high fives and everything i was like this is what i want and then we also got kate officially oh they do a really comic book moment from this that i feel is um they found out how to get kate's memories back which was from this bane formula which is just the most yeah. wildest thing and very comic booky and i was excited to see that at a yeah mary very successful medical student is just like i bet if we spray snake bite in her face that'll make her memories come back and nobody's like what they're like we gotta do that right now <laughs> they're like hell yeah it will but this does give us kate back so then we get kate catching up with luke and mary and also kate officially passing on batwoman to ryan in a way again yeah. handled very well i yeah i thought the passing of the torch was great and also like a very like gilmore girls breather moment where it is just luke mary and kate all have wine and basically luke and uh, Mary are just Chris Farley showing yeah. what happened this season while Kate was gone. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this was a weird year for them. Yeah. <laughs> we got that on Legends, too, with Sarah. Yeah. Sarah needed all the hot <laughs> Legends gone. She's like, wait, what's going on? She's like, oh. <laughs> um, but we do have... Um, so, yeah, all those are officially passed on and everything. And then we do find out... Um, I got bummed. I was. I do like that Allison... Um, Ryan aren't on good terms, but it, it it's a mm-hmm. mix because they're so good as a team. I love both of them together because I love Alice. So to have them be like at opposite ends of each other at like not friends at the end always hurts, but it makes sense. She killed her mom. She killed. Yes, they're never going to be friends. But <laughs> their dynamic, you know, when they're together, they're so good. It it bums me out. Um, but we did find out at the end as like the teasers for next season, we do get that Ryan's mom is still alive and also Poison Ivy. It's not just Poison Ivy. Yeah, Ryan's birth mom is still alive. Uh, and it's Poison Ivy. We see Poison Ivy, Riddler, uh, Penguin. A bunch of Batman's villain trophies are just floating down the river. Um, so it's. I think we're just going to get a new generation of these villains. God, I'm so excited. <laughs> so wait, the weapons are going to all go to one like street gang? And then that street gang will all take up the mantles? Yeah, I don't think it's going to go to one street gang. I think people will be like, oh, there's a umbrella in the river. I'll leave the weird plant. I'll just grab this umbrella. Somebody will be like, oh, there's a top hat with a card in it. I'll just grab that. And then whoever grabs uh, the umbrella is like, oh, this is a nice one. Oh, I got on the penguin. <laughs> 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 
they instantly motorboat. Everybody will motorboat. Um, we're almost in the future. Everybody motorboats. <laughs> uh, let's go to moments of the week, though. What do you got, Mike? I got two. One of them is all the villain supplies going down the river. It it's so dumb and awesome. And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, next season, bad guys. Was there one that you guys uh, rolled your eyes at, like moth wings? No, I think no. they hit the bigs. Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah they they got Bane out of the way in this episode, yeah. so I, I think they did it right. Uh, and then there's a really good Ryan Sophie moment. Ryan is talking about how she probably shouldn't be Batwoman anymore. She's like, without the costume, the gadgets, the symbol, I'm just Ryan Wilder. And Sophie looks at her and goes, damn right you are. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Women uplifting women. <laughs> uh, my uh, moment of the week, we did talk about the one, which is uh, Ryan uh, standing up for herself in the, her hearing and the getting freed. But then also we mm-hmm. got, we didn't talk about it, but Luke uh, found a suit and he got to be a little, he was a powered up Batman. And uh, yeah, Batwing's here, baby. Baby. But we do, when we found out that uh, my moment of the week is when Luke, uh, we found out he would draw pictures of how he pictured a black Batman and then his dad was making them. That's just like the sweetest way to make him that, that role. Um, if you want to watch Batwoman, it's over, but you can catch it next season Suck on the it. CW or catch up on this season. Do you uh, guys, real quick, do you guys think it would have been better if instead of Batman villains, uh, all of the weapons floating down the river were Darkwing Duck villains for some reason? <laughs> yes, I would have freaked out even more. Mega Volt battery. Just a gun with a toilet plunger. <laughs> okay, our last show that we got to cover for the pool list is Loki. <laughs> On the fourth episode of Loki, Sylvie and Loki's desire to bang is a beacon to the TVA, which allows them to be found and saved from Lamentus. While being interrogated, the Loki squad eventually convinces Owen and Agent B-15 that they are very also variants and not created by the Timekeepers. Even bigger than that, not only are they not created by them, but the Timekeepers themselves aren't even real. Taste buds, I ask you, this was another big episode, but let's talk about what really matters here first. Do you want Loki and Sylvie to bang? Uh, yes. yes, absolutely. We <laughs> talked about this last week. But did this one... We'll talk about it every week, <laughs> off and on air. This one, they really went in and targeted on it. They were like, hey, it's their chemistry. Well, I thought we were a little bit fucking with each other, like yeah. making, doing bits. <laughs> right. Because sometimes we do bits. I don't know. That's our term for doing bits is doing bits. Uh-huh. Um, but then this week... I think Loki realized that, oh my God, I'm in love. Yeah, yeah and I, I do like... Owen Wilson's, it's before he's been fully won over. He's just like, of course, you goddamn narcissist. The only person you could ever fall in love with yourself. That is, That's a good burn. That doesn't yeah. change the fact that I'm still in love. Like, yes, okay, yeah. good burn. I understand you. But, and I think this is a major decision. You know, Marvel doesn't do a lot of crazy things. Doesn't go out on a lot of limbs. Uh, a love story between Loki and Loki, I do think counts. And does it, does this feel weird? This yeah, we in this show we get a bisexual masturbatory romance. That's that's <laughs> that's what it all comes down to. Because it's not incest if they bang; it's them just jerking off. Uh huh. Which you know what uh-huh. is a wild thing for Disney to be <laughs> fine with and making and putting out on its platform. And then at the end, Loki was like, "Oh my god." I love old men and children and gators and that's guys what I was going to say. I love all of you, <laughs> Richard E. Grant. Come here with your weird Hollywood costume. <laughs> Um, but going to the story here, do you guys know, I know they're going a little bit off from the comics, so it might not match up, but do you guys know what Sylvie did to disturb the sacred timeline to get her kidnapped as a child? Cause that's wild. So Sylvie is a composite of two comic characters. Yeah. It's Lady Loki, who's just, a, Loki's just a girl for a while. And Sylvie, the enchantress, who's like a Thor villain. So 
No, the comics give no hints As to what, to that what could be. this version of Sylvie. Did. I mean, in the comics, Lady Loki and Boy Loki are the exact same character who has a different look. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. so yeah, we're in wild territory here, and I felt it, like especially in the last like twenty minutes. It sort of made me realize that I don't feel a lot of tension during Marvel movies or projects. You know, like mm-hmm. I enjoy them; I think they're fun, but I don't. I'm never like I'm not sure what's going to happen, and. The last 20 minutes, the first 40 minutes are, you know, it's a lot of talking and running around. And, but the last 20 minutes, I was like, I, I, this is crazy. I don't, I don't <laughs> fucking know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, anytime you're taking down an entire, and like we knew the TVA was authoritarian and probably bad, but that doesn't mean it'll be dismantled. Real world shows us it normally isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for people who have been in there forever are going to start tear it down. If they're not dissolved, Owen Wilson, spoilers, uh, who we love, got pruned at like just the, how quick crazy shit started happening. And this show is wild enough that when Tom Hiddleston got got, I was just like, and now we just follow Sylvie for the last two episodes. OK, <laughs> but after the mid credit scene, we know that Owen Wilson went to the land of Owen Wilson's called <laughs> Wildland. Wow. Just, wow. 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 <laughs> wow. I and wish one we Luke Wilson is there. Wish we would have <laughs> got that scene as well. Um, but we do, we did, before he got pruned or got got, we did get Owen and Loki, um, getting to like meet up and talk about their betrayal. And it kind of felt like reliving a divorce. Like none of them would really talk about the issue there. And I was like, God, we can't get, we can't get that magic back. Can we? Oh man. (laughs) Loki or, uh, Owen Wilson pushes Loki through the red door, Mm -hmm. which we know is the Mm -hmm. bad door. It's not a gold door. door. Uh, and they're straight up saying like, I thought you knew what friendship was. (laughs) You were a best friend, but now you're a bad friend. And then later, when he's like, I won't believe a variant. And Loki does say, would you believe a friend? (laughs) (laughs) It was actually 12 more than that, but yeah. Um, This is going to be a fucked up question, but that is kind of, so the red door is like their punishment. It felt like a hell loop. Did his hell loop seem... Lucifer's hell loop. Was it like too easy? Was it too chill of a hell loop? To get beat by Sif? Like, it was just one punch every time. And it was just like a, like, how dare you cut my hair in a punch? And he's out. See, you don't get what's wrong with Loki then, there, Cassie. Okay. It's not the one punch. It's how... It's the monotony. It didn't seem that big of a deal, but the monotony, but it's also the monotony of somebody saying, you deserve to be, and you will always be alone. Mm. And to us, we're like, eh. But because that is his biggest fear, that got him over and over and over. And are we reliving sometime where... Was there a one-night stand between Loki and Sif? Is that what we're to understand? I would buy that. I think if you're a god, you're going to fuck everybody eventually. <laughs> and if you're Loki, it's I for have sure. no follow-up on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going to the head TBA lady, I don't know her, the one that Owen Ravona? or Mobius. Ravona. The judge. So um, she had some real issues with Sylvie, and it could be just because she escaped when she was a kid, but it felt like there was like she had a real hatred towards, this per- to- towards Sylvie. And I don't know if it is just because she escaped or if like more happened. I mean, oh, like... Straight off the bat, the surface thing is good people become bad when they try to protect the, the thing to keep everybody believing, even though it's a lie. Like, this is a classic mm. story of we're just going to keep the facade going because that will keep the peace. And then you become evil because you will do very right. crazy things. And so it could just be that she understood that Loki and Sylvia are two of the only people who could figure this shit out. Mm. Right. Yeah. The only other person I can think of that could figure this shit out is Mike. Cassie, I don't know if you've ever been to a Chuck E. Cheese with Mike, but the first thing he does is walk in, look at the band, say, I can't understand you, and chop <laughs> one of their heads off with a sword. And then scream, it's fake! 
Yeah, he also, every time he walks in, he thinks those are real animals playing real instruments. Every single time. It's still Chuck E. Cheese, but one of them's got to be real. Like, every time you go, you look at the timekeepers, look at how one of their eyes is twitching weird. Like, doesn't that, isn't that See, a clue? I, I went to a Dweezil Zappa show and did the same thing. The reaction was very different. People cheered when I checked. I can't believe you only got five years for that. <laughs> Um, it is time for us to pay our respects, though, and pour one out to the realest one, uh, R.I.P. Mobius Owen Wilson, because he's like he's pruned. Is he gone? Gone? Like he's? It, I think we learned that pruning doesn't prune. It, it shoves you into like a, a weird, weird area, a weird other world with all your other prunies. But here's the problem: like when Loki was pruned, he had to come back, and then we got that awesome end segment. And with only two episodes left, I could see it possible. That almost is gone, but we don't have that dr- those dramatic stakes. We don't have that like, oh my god, because we're always going to be thinking, oh, it right. does it, it. Pruning means one thing for some people and a different thing for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I guess maybe establish a super prune where we know that he would he would be gone, and then the death would mean more. But yeah. right. I went like, man, <gasps> you know, all the <laughs> <Yeah>. same time. <laughs> Um, we did get that was the raddest fight scene with Loki and Sylvie at the end when B twelve or B fifteen freedom and they went against mm-hmm. the timekeepers and it, that was such a cool scene. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, what's her name? B fifteen. B fifteen. B fifty two. B fifty two. Y'all rock lobsters. <laughs> uh, B fifteen um, just knows the truth to the point of craziness. You know, like how conspiracy theorists feel. Right. Uh, just like she walks in and. She finally knows the truth, but that doesn't calm her or make her sane. She's now, I'm going to, fu- I'm going to fucking blow up the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And I get that. I get that a lot. <laughs> Do you think, I, is it lame that, so she made Sylvie show her memories and we didn't flash to them. We just saw them standing in the rain for a beat. <laughs> where they're like, we got to, we got to roll. We're already but, over time. Over but Like, rain is so cinematic though. Yeah. But I was like, oh, we'll get to see what B-15 was all about. I'm like, no. Honestly, what would have been better than any of this is to show one person, just the camera on one person watching episode four of Loki in the rain. (laughs) And I just watched them watch it. (laughs) How beautiful. The new React videos on YouTube. We can do that. Um, We're almost out of time, though, so let's go to moments of the week. Mike, what do you got? There, I mean, the, the deaths hit hard and surprised me, but the... In how Loki talks about Sylvie when he's denying he's into her, his she's irritating and difficult and hits me all the time. But even while he says it, you can see him realizing he's in love with her. Mm. All like, man, this guy can act. Yeah. When yeah, when Omosin says she's been pruned, he just like is it even better than Jeopard's "Oh shit, I saw the dog" look? Like, yeah. there's a lot yes. going through his face. Yeah, that boy can act. Confirmed. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Moment of the week. Uh, I got a couple. One is uh, Ravona and. Mobius's final conversation, which reminded me a lot of um, Exley and James Cromwell's conversations from LA Confidential of, mm. oh, it, the Rolo Tomasi conversations of like, oh, I know that I'm figuring it all out. And then his final right. little, uh, well, maybe if you prove me, I'll be somebody with a jet ski. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but no, I have to give my actual moment of the week to Kessie. Sometimes you'll ask Mike to leave, and uh, somebody else will come on. And mm-hmm. what it sounds like is somebody who has two uh, giant potatoes jammed in their cheeks, uh-huh. uh, and that's how they talk. And that was uh, timekeeper number two. Just <laughs> and just 
If, oh, God, what a performance by Timekeeper number two. In the, <laughs> we're doing the shishies right now. Best supporting actor, Timekeeper number two, for his role as Frostafrost. Do you think they ran out of time writing the script, so they're like, we'll have them talk as unintelligible as possible, so we don't, it's okay that we didn't write their lines. And they cut off the head of the top timekeeper, the only one we could understand. Yeah. And then the other one screamed, <laughs> Well, you had to take out the most powerful one, and that's the only one who could talk, so the other two aren't threats. Uh, my moment... Oh, no, that means... Cassie's gonna get killed. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking, thinking, are we the three of them? <laughs> um, my moment of the week is just that fight at the end because it was it was so rad to see them. They fight so well together, and it was so cool, fil- so well filmed. Um, but that is it for our poll list. Coming up next, it's my interview with the Shipping Room Pod. We are back for our new segment, the crossover colon signed, sealed, shipped. This week, I'm joined by the professional shippers of the Shipping Room Podcast, Tamar and Christine. How are you both doing? Hi. Hi. Good. I'm really good. good. Yeah. All right. I, you guys, thank you for coming on. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you both on because for our normal show, we normally like, I don't get to focus on the relationships of characters because like, I got to do, it's technically work. Like I got to come in, I got to recap these shows, but I don't, I just want to scream about the relationships every once in a while. So I'm incredibly excited to have the two of you here and to just really dig into this. Um, But as intro to our listeners who may not know about your show, The Shipping Room, uh, it's all about ships, which is the pairing of characters and shipping is like supporting or wanting those characters to be together. How would you Mm -hmm. say I did that explaining this? If you could rate it on one to 10. I think that was good. What do you What do you think, Christine? Yeah, I think that you pretty much nailed it. <laughs> I think so what kind. I what I always like to say about shipping, what's cool about it, um, is that the word ship can be used as either a verb or a noun. So it refers to the action of actively rooting for two people to get together, but it also refers to the actual couple. So it's both. So your ship mm-hmm. is those two people like Jim and Pam on the office is a ship, Mm -hmm. but to be actively rooting for them is to be shipping them. So it's kind of, it's multi tensicle. (laughs) (laughs) I also love that. I want to start this off. Like, uh, I know you guys have answered this this question multiple times on your own show, but I'm going to have to make you ask it, answer it here too. What is your top ship? And I'll start with you, Christine. Uh, top ship all time. Uh, it's Ben and Leslie from Parks and Recreation. I love, I love Ben. My husband is like, uh, he is very much a Ben type. Um, (laughs) and I, I just, I loved their, I loved the easiness of their love story. You know, I liked that Mm -hmm. they were, uh, they were just so right for each other and they didn't really have any major obstacles. And the obstacle that they did have was not about whether or not they loved each other. It was just about their ambition. And ultimately I like that it was all about how they supported and loved each other no matter what. And mm-hmm. I just think they're they're the ultimate ship for me. I love Ben and Leslie. Yeah. It's so great to have like a pairing that there's no big drama around where they're just trying to mess with them. Like they're just supportive. And it was so nice to see that. I, that is solid ship. Oh, what about you, Tamar? Oh, this question is so hard for me. Um, <laughs> I, I, when we originally like made our top ten lists back like six years ago, uh, Mickey and Ian from Shameless were my number one, and that for me is a lot has a lot to do with the fact that they are the couple that introduced me to the internet world of shipping. Like, I didn't okay. know that that was like a thing that fans did. I know that like growing up, I actively rooted for a lot of couples on television, but it wasn't 
culturally a thing that we did together as a group. And Mm -hmm. Mickey and Ian are when I like felt really strongly about them and took to the internet and discovered Tumblr and discovered like all this stuff on Twitter. And that is Mickey and Ian are honestly why this podcast exists, why the shipping room exists, because I discovered this whole world and I was like this, there's something here and I want to cultivate this community because of them. Um, Oh yeah. But when I think about sort of like historically, who, who impacted my life as a, as a younger person and who I still think about now and who still makes me sad that they didn't have their happy ending. Um, it's Brenda and Dylan from the original Beverly Hills 90210. They really, <laughs> so- really, really like were my just big ship of my adolescence. And I, I think, I think I have to go with them. All right. Those are solid. It is crazy how much like shipping can bring you together you said you'd like dove in deep to the community and everything and it's insane how deep it can go it is so much fun which is how I stumbled upon you guys really something (laughs) yeah which um I was I did want to know about you guys also like have you always been known for just getting like super invested in characters like were people talking about shows and like the relationships would be like why you watched it and also what you wanted to talk about always all throughout your life I mean I can't it's very hard for me to remember back, right? Like we grew up before the internet. We were mm-hmm. kids. We were kids at a time where things were done much more in isolation, right? Like mm-hmm. you went home after school, you watched TV, you came to school the next day and you talked about it, but it wasn't this like active engagement while you were watching. You were just mm-hmm. you were just experiencing it at home, maybe with your siblings, maybe with your parents, like, but mostly alone. And maybe you called somebody afterwards to be like, oh my God, that was so crazy. But it <laughs> wasn't, it really wasn't a group activity in the way that it is now. So it's hard to say. What's interesting again about my my experience with Ian and Mickey and why that was so life-changing in a lot of ways is because I remember so specifically watching that show and feeling so invested in that couple. And then I would talk to friends of mine who also watched the show and like they didn't even like that couple wasn't even on their radar. Yeah, that makes sense. I never thought about how you would have to like convince your friends like if you couldn't if your friends weren't immediately into it there was no access to it and that has to be so frustrating (laughs) that is the worst uh christine what about you i think i always was a shipper i just think i didn't know that there was a term that could define it um you know growing up i was very much like I want these two people to love each other and I want these two people to kiss and I want these two people to lay naked in a bed next to each other because that's, (laughs) you know, that was how my brain worked back then. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that was always just at the forefront when I thought about TV shows. It was always about who loves each other on these TV shows. And that may have been because I had irresponsible uh, parenting at home and I grew up watching soap operas when I was four and five years old. You know, that'll probably do it. So I think that uh, my, yeah, I was always programmed for like the giant romances that were like sweeping and, and I mean, there is no shipping like soap opera shipping because it can last for, you know, a week and it can last for six years. Like you just never know. (laughs) Um And and then even as an adult, it was very much like I would turn on a show and it would be like, okay, who are the two people that love each other? I need to figure that out first. Like, let Mm -hmm. me dial in who loves each other. Even it would go into like my reading life. Like I remember picking up Harry Potter when I was in um, high school 
And immediately from the first book, I was like, okay, who loves each other? Okay, it's definitely Ron and Hermione. And Mm. now I have a ship. Like, now I have something to focus on is whether or not Ron and Hermione love each other for the rest of this book series. So, you you know, like, I I think it was always there. Yes, exactly. Uh, The main plot, like, whatever. So he's a special boy. That's fine. Ron and Hermione love each other. Um, But but again, until we got older... Uh, and and even until Tamara and I started talking about this, I, I don't think that I recognized that there was a term or a culture for what I was feeling and for the way that I watched television and the way that I consumed any media, basically. Because, you know, we, we, we talk on our show quite often about how, like, it's not cool to ship real people. But mm-hmm. I know in my everyday life, I was totally like reading the tabloids and I was like, are Justin and Brittany getting back together? Like I need to talk about Justin and Brittany. Like my brain always has kind of taken that who loves each other focus. And it's really nice doing this show to, to be able to kind of recognize that there's a whole community of people who consume media the same way that I do. And let's all celebrate that together. Cause we've kind of found our niche. We found our people. We found our, our thing that brings yeah, us all together. Right. You didn't ask that question, but I think that what we like to talk about when we talk about our show, most importantly, is that we have, out of this desire to talk about these things that have always been important to us, we have been able to create this community of people who come mm-hmm. together and who kind of say, whereas I was maybe 15 years old sitting at home rooting for Dylan and Brenda on my own, now you have this whole community of people who can come together and find each other and realize that they're not actually alone. And I wasn't the only person sitting there rooting for Brenda and Dylan. I just didn't know that there were so many people sitting at home doing the same thing. And Mm -hmm. now people know it. And now they're looking to be part of that community. And we have carved out a little space for them to do that. And I think that is sort of like why, why we love the show. And I think that wasn't necessarily what we were setting out to do when we started, but it is what we have, what what the show has come to mean to us and to our listeners. And I think that's why we love it and why our listeners love it so much. Oh yeah. It's cool. Cause it's a combination of like just shipping in itself will create a community, but then podcasts have its community too. So when you combine the two, it's this like real special community that you guys have. That's honestly really cool to watch and like hear it and everything. So, uh, I do gotta, I gotta try to relate it. I gotta find a ship that we have in common here that we talk about on the show. And I feel like one show that we cover is Riverdale and there's a lot that is shippable in Riverdale. There's just so many characters. Mm -hmm. So is there anybody that you, any pairings you enjoy in Riverdale? So I only watched, I think I only watched a season of of Riverdale. Um, And then, you know, my, my like, I've now talked about Dylan and Brenda quite a lot. So like you can understand (laughs) that, Luke Perry dying um, was like yes. a very, very, very difficult thing for me as a fan and a human and just in general to to um, to process. So I think I considered going back to Riverdale at one point and then that happened and I kind of decided I was, oh, yeah. I was probably not going to go back to it. But in the time that I watched it, I definitely understood the Betty and Jughead of it all. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very compelling pairing. I thought it kind, I liked the way it kind of snuck up on, on the viewer. I liked that it, that it wasn't, you know, I think going in my assumption and I'm sure other people's who grew up with the comics were sort of expecting this triangle between Archie and Betty and Veronica. And so I appreciated the fact that that wasn't exactly where it headed and that this felt kind of new and interesting and, and fun. I was a big fan. 
Oh yeah, that's the that's the big one that will really get people. The uh, Archie, Archie or Bughead, I believe are the terms. So that's that's that big one. I've always been a fan of uh, Betty and uh, Jughead as well. What about you, Christine? Uh, exactly the same. I liked, I loved uh, Betty and Jughead. I thought it was just a good pairing. Uh, I thought it really kind of like takes you out of what your expectation is based on what you know from the comics as a kid. And mm-hmm. um, I I also like, I liked Archie and Veronica. I thought that they had good chemistry too. So I thought that it, the pairings worked, you know, I thought it was fine. I, I do. I have read a lot of very compelling arguments for Barchi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a, I have a very good friend who is like staunch, like Barchi shipper, like hardcore. Everything's Barchi. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least give credit to, to the very passionate fan base of Barchi. Is, <laughs> um, it is very strong. It is just hard to say Barchi. Like it is hard to just confidently throw up Barchi. In my I, would, I was, I was going to say these are not strong ship names. Yeah. They, <laughs> they can workshop them a bit. A little are, rough. Yeah. Are you guys in for a quick little speed round questions or a segment of speed round questions here? I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared, but yes. Okay. I'm, I'm game for anything. There we okay. go. And honestly, the best technique for these ones is just first thought that comes to your mind. There is no right answer. Like it is just first thought, best thought here. All right. So, uh, okay. Christine, since your game, I'm gonna start with you. Got it. Um, have you ever named a pet after a superhero or TV character? Yes. Well, not not a superhero. Um, a Backstreet Boy. Uh- <laughs> Even better. That is a superhero. I had a, I had a cat that I named Howie. <laughs> Howie was not my favorite Backstreet Boy, but uh, it was the one that I thought I could get away with. <laughs> so, <laughs> so get away from the parents? Is that the one? That, yeah, like, exactly. Parents connect Howie to? That exactly. is amazing. Yep. Uh, I love that so much. tomorrow. what about you? I have not, no. Yeah. I've also not had many pets in general, but That's none of them have been named. None of my fish have been named after any superheroes. <laughs> makes sense um what about do what character do you think you can make into a cake tomorrow do you have any baking abilities and if you could like is it down to just pac-man i feel like i do have some baking abilities although christine is like okay. much more the like make characters out of cake person yeah I, pac-man feels doable absolutely right. um hmm i don't know I feel like christine's done a lot of like cupcake and and uh, character baking stuff. You are the first baker we've had, Christine. So, like, what <laughs> what do you think you could actually pull off here? I'm actually about to be so. I I have made um I've made I've made cake versions of the cast of Crazy Ex Girlfriend. I've made what? cake ver- cake versions of the cast of Glee. Cake versions of the cast of Heart of Dixie. I've made uh I did a really sick 3D Yoshi cake for my daughter's birthday uh, from Mario. I have done Zelda cakes. I have done. <laughs> I was not yeah. ready for this. Is when yeah. you started with real people, it blew my mind. Yeah, and then, and I mean, you should version? see the pictures. Yeah. I can, I can oh, tweet man. you some pictures. Yeah, I've, I Please. made. Uh, I remember when the movie Looper came out, uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I got like really into Looper. And uh, I made I made I made uh, cupcake versions of Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> I absolutely yeah. need photos, 100%. Yeah. This sounds amazing. Yeah, I can't, sure. I'm so glad I've asked this question. Um, 
All right. What is the last thing you rewatched and it lowered your opinion? Uh, Christine, has that happened to you at all? Ooh. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I watched one tree hill expecting it to be one thing and my mm-hmm. opinion was greatly lowered after i watched it <laughs> um, that wasn't a rewatch that was just that wasn't a rewatch just, though your original watch that was just my original watch my expectations versus reality um yeah. mm-hmm. rewatched what have i rewatched i mean honestly okay so gilmore girls is one of my favorite shows of all time i've watched it probably hundreds of times and after the revival, I have a really hard time watching it now because, like, yeah. also How I Met Your Mother, that's another one that, like, comes to mind. I can't rewatch it. Mm-hmm. It's lowered in quality after the finale for me. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Those are two prime examples. Uh, Tamar, what about you? Mine is the original Party of Five, which uh, came out to stream on Hulu a couple years ago. And it was like really middle school for me. It was my favorite show. I loved it so much. And I went to rewatch it. And like the characters that I thought were annoying when I was 12 are now like the characters that I thought were less annoying. The characters that I rooted for, the characters that I rooted for, I was like, wow, like all this one does is mansplain to everybody and try (laughs) and force women to have sex with him. And this one is like a total fuck up. And like, I was, I'm sorry, can I curse on the show? You sure can. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, and then I was like, wow, like I rooted for them to get to, I like rooted for Charlie and Kirsten to get together. I remember so hard. And like this time I was like, oh my God, please, please don't go back to him he is horrible um and I like I I got through like two seasons and I I stopped my rewatch because I just the enjoyment that I remember getting from it as a kid was so 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 not there when Mm -hmm. I tried to watch it again and it was really disappointing yeah that's what's crazy on rewatches is now the perspective that you have how your favorite characters will switch you're just like wow I guess being a kid really affected that it's insane to watch um we always in this segment with um, a question that you guys have for our next guest. This could be absolutely anything. So is there a question you would like to ask our next guest? Favorite color Power Ranger. Favorite color Power Ranger. Perfect. Yes. And then tomorrow, would you like to add one to you or are we just sticking with favorite color Power Ranger? I would say most devastating fictional character death. Very good. Okay. All right. I will be sure to ask that to our next guest. Um, We're almost out of time for this segment, but if you guys can please share everything about your show where you can find it exactly however you want to promote it. Now is your guys' time. All right. Well, first of all, we have a website, shippingroompod.com, where you can find links to all of our episodes and information on our merch and our newsletter, all the things. Um, But you can listen to our show pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're Shipping Room Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, like all the places. We are on Twitter and Instagram. We're Shipping Room Pod pretty much everywhere. You can... Uh, find us we have uh if you go to tinyletter.com slash shipping room you can sign up for our monthly newsletter i don't know did i leave anything out no i think you got it if you want to find me personally on twitter i'm chrissy marie 47 no one calls me chrissy i i don't know why i chose that name (laughs) but Um, we're sticking with it i i too am on twitter personally at writer tqb writer like a person who writes w-r-i-t-e-r and then tqb Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, That's it for this segment. I'll see you all in a minute. 
All right, we are back from my interview with the Shipping Room Pod. Um, I know you guys, like, were you surprised at how good that one was? Like, I was surprised that you made us sit there in the room and listen and not allow us to talk at all. Yeah, you wanted yeah. to jump in. Mike's in front of us, unplugged. <laughs> well, that was the technique. I let you guys feel like you were talking, but it was never recorded. Oh, like when you hand your uh, younger sibling a controller, but it's not plugged in, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, we're playing video games, idiot. <laughs> you dummies. <laughs> Fucking stupid idiot. But yeah, that was a fun one. You can follow them, Shipping Room Pod. That is it for our show. So it is time to plug some things. Mike, can you tell us about some websites? Yeah, go to shippingroompod.com, probably. <laughs> I bet that that's their website. It sounds about uh, right. Once you're done with that, go to yourpopfilter.com to get everything we put out. Throw a little slash Amazon in there, creating yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. That's how you shop at Amazon now. Do it. <laughs> also... Uh, go to patreon.com slash filter. get all kinds of extra stuff every week it's super fun and it supports us and we thank you you know what we do thank you doing did that. he say yourpopfilter.com your I don't think he yeah did you did you mention that one no you didn't no yes. mm, you absolutely did not I don't think so that's when I said and then throw slash amazon because at first I said yourpopfilter.com no. mm, I don't know Afraid we'll never know not listen there's shows. no way to know uh, Ryan can you tell us about some other shows yes so many delightful shows to listen to uh, first of all, let's talk about movie of the year. Currently, we are in 1975, which seems like a long time ago, but it's actually super important that you listen to it. Uh, listen to it, copy our ideas, say those to friends, you'll sound very smart. That's movie <laughs> of the year, starring me and Mike and one Greg. And then while you're at it, search for Unnatural 20s, where Cassie and I would say show regular at this point. Caitlin, yeah. are we almost at the point where she's on more than she's not? Yes, our Kimmy uh, Gibbler. Our Kimmy Gibbler, Caitlin. <laughs> our Steve Urkel. And our, uh, the person that we try to keep off, McKenna, uh, are all on a show rolling a D20 to help them get through their 20s, which are almost over. And they are all, at this point, closer to, the, dun, uh, to 40 dun, than dun, 20. Dun, 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 That's always crazy. Dun. The rudest thing you say to me every week. Every Subscribe, rate, week. review, and listen. Listening, not important. Thank you. Can I... Int- Interrupt with adding another show. Oh my gosh. You know what? This once. This once you can. This week. You'll find it at yourpopfilter.com. There you go, you fucks, if you don't think I said it the first time. (laughs) Slash Uh, Doing Bits. Doing Bits is a show where me and one Renee, who I don't know her that well, but she seems okay, we are going through Series 7 of the UK Love Island. It's Doing Bits, a Love Island podcast. Look at it. Look for it wherever you get your shows. And look at it. It's so important to look at look it. Look at That's it. a huge part of the experience. I'm very excited for that show, though. You might, I'll listen to it. If you get anybody, it'll be me. All you right? know what we should do, Cassie, is we should put his podcast on the pull list, and we'll review <laughs> we each <have> episode. <laughs> and have him just sit Rude there. and I love it. <laughs> sit there and listen to our comments. Um, Mike, I've been trying to figure out social media. You keep explaining it to me. Maybe this will be the week, though. Uh, what is it? Oh, okay, so it, even though we can't always like talk to people and see each other, social media is a place where now you can pretend you have a community, but really you just have to watch your weird uncle get way into QAnon and shit. Mm. That's social okay. media. And we're on it? If you want to... And we're on it. We're part of the problem <laughs> at your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. Are, are, we, are we telling people now that we are Q? Or is that next week? Next week we'll start revealing Spoilers. Maybe it's us. <laughs> uh, we also got an email. It's contact at your pop filter. You can get in touch with us that way. Next week, it's another big episode. There's more finales. We got the Sweet Tooth finale and Hellgate City Companion. Uh, We also got the second season finale of X-Men. We're finally going to get to it. And the Shushy for Best Superhero Team. 
Uh, it's going to be a great episode. Be sure to tune in for that. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone.